Do you ever wonder, why do I always seem to give so much more than I get? All I want is to be appreciated and loved. Is that asking too much? Why do all the jerks get the hot girls while I get stuck in the friend zone? When will it ever be my turn? If this sounds like you, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Nice Guy Show. This is the podcast that asks the question, how do I break free from the nice guy syndrome so I never have to come in last again? Now here are your hosts, Faisal Coker and Chuck Chapman. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Nice Guy Show. I'm Dr. Ari Graf. I'm leading the show today, and I've got my co-hosts here, Faisal Coker and Chuck Chapman. We're taking another dive deep into the dating world to find out why nice guys often suck at dating and end up in the dreaded friend zone. Are you tired of swiping right without a single match or stuck in endless conversations with no real connection? Do you wonder when your dating luck will change? We've got the answers you've been searching for. Here's a few things that we talked about in part one. If you haven't checked it out, there are some great insights and tips. Faisal talked about how nice guys often exude a feminine energy that fails to ignite the sparks of chemistry with many women. He talked about how the fear of rejection and the desire to play it safe can hinder nice guys from taking the courageous actions necessary to succeed in the dating world. Love that. Chuck talked about mindset, emphasizing how approaching dating with a scarcity mentality can lead to disappointment. He also talked about the topic of of being easily hurt and how it can hold nice guys back from forming meaningful connections. I talked about the issue of neediness, of which I am an expert, shedding light on how it can push potential partners away. I talked about my personal experiences and the challenges I faced in maintaining healthy boundaries. So get ready to transform your dating life today and break free from the nice guy cycle as we explore even more critical insights. Uh, let's start with, with Faisal today. You are our resident dating expert. So what is yet another way that nice guys get in their own way with dating? Ari, I just want to say fantastic intro. Just what uh, you know, the guys uh, listening to this need as well. So we went through some critical uh, nice guy issues in the part one. So let's have a look at the other two parts. So one of the things that nice guys really struggle with, and I see this in myself and I see this in a lot of the guys, is being a perfectionist. Nice guys want to be perfect before they leave the house. They want to know the best pickup lines. They want to know the best conversation starters, how to have the best conversations, how to have all the elements perfected before they leave the house. And this is one of the things that holds nice guys back. This is holds a lot of nice guys getting out there is because their mentality to make sure that they get it right before they leave the house. Well, you get it perfect. <laughs> well, thank, you. You, thank you. Well, that's only because I tell you the perfect ones. Well, the thing is, I don't get it perfect. There's a really awesome quote. A master was once a disaster because I made so many mistakes, right? Have you guys made a lot of mistakes? And you thought, well, you know, now. So what it is, is 
I get to a place now where it's a tipping point. I still make a lot of mistakes. I mean, how many times do you see a basketball, professional basketball player, you know, missing the shot? How many times do you see a Formula One driver, you know, going off the tracks? You always see sports athletes who are at top of their game still make mistakes. And that's a lot of nice guys get this wrong. We think that we have to get it right. We have to be perfect forever. And it has to be always smooth and certain all the way. So mistakes can be sexy. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, it depends on, it depends right on the mistake, right? Yeah. I mean, if you, you, can, you can be completely goof up a date because you made a maybe school by mistake. I'm trying to think of some of the mistakes that guys do make up. Maybe that, you know, maybe they, went too quickly you know that's a, um, a mistake that a lot of guys make or a lot of nice guys don't make the 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 sexual move or something to let her know that he's interested in her where he ends up being in the friend zone or he tells a joke or she tells a joke and he laughs way too hard i mean there are some mistakes that there's no comeback to I think there's a, a mistake of guys often, especially on like first dates, second dates, that kind of thing where they, they have this idea of like this romantic thing of like what you're supposed to do. For example, I'm supposed to bring flowers and chocolates or, you know, and they show up at the doorstep with, you know, big bouquet of flowers. And that literally brings the trust with her down because she's like, you don't know me. You're just doing what you think you're supposed to do in order to impress me, you're not giving me this gift because you actually know me and like me. You're just trying to get me to like you. And, and so those are the kind of mistakes I think we can make when we're perfectionists of, Oh, I'm supposed to do it this way. I'll do it. A plus B I'm going to get C. And it just takes all of the attraction out in the first yeah. couple of seconds. Yeah. It makes me think of something Dr. Glover talked about, about not giving more than you're getting, you know, and don't, don't approach an unapproachable woman. Um, you know, that you shouldn't over give. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah, I can see that. So what's an unapproachable woman? Has she got like a, a shield? I mean, other guys call it the bitch shield. How, how do we know an unapproachable woman? Does she have like a pit bull dog with her? <laughs> yeah, don't don't talk to her. Walk, walk through open doors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, uh, there are some women that will have uh, a natural defense mechanism because, I mean, if, if she's attractive and she's being hit on all the time, she's probably exhausted of that. You know, I've I've talked to a lot of female friends of mine who are, you know, extremely hot, and they. They said, look, we just get exhausted by it. We have guys always creeping them out because they just stare at her and they're not actually making the move. And this is the, this is what they find creepy. If you like me, come up to me, start a conversation, but start a conversation. And this is the important thing in a more confident way. When he's sheepish, hesitant, nervous, I think one girl said, hesitant men make her creep out. Nervous men creep her out because I suppose they get if she's if he's nervous it gets her uh, nervous system you know to contagious right so it gets her nervous system to be contagious and it gets her nervous system all worked up and then she starts feeling unsafe so you got to shoot your shot 
pretty much. You get to shoot your shot. Yeah, just be careful what you're shooting there. <laughs> All right, I, I'm I'm going to to give uh, my next one, which is that nice guys jump into a re- relationship quickly if it gets sexual. And this was this was a mistake that I made the, fir- the first time I ever talked to Dr. Glover. Um, he counseled me about this. This was in our uh, our men's group, and I told him that I had just started dating a woman who looked like Rihanna, and I was just obsessed with her. I mean, I was I was thinking about her. I was I was ruminating about her, and I just wanted to see her as much as possible. So we had like uh, we had two dates that first week. Uh, you know, we were texting a lot, and he was like, "Slow down." Um, you know, this is typical nice guy stuff. You know, you get physical quickly. If someone who's very attractive is interested in you, you you get into a relationship just because you can, and not necessarily because you know the person. So this is this is why he really advises nice guys to slow down. Actually, slow down to get to know someone. And, and that way you can actually get to know know someone efficiently is by slowing down. But once once you start having sleepovers, it turns into a relationship or it feels like a relationship quickly and you don't even know the difference about whether you're in a relationship or not. So that, that was a big take home I got from, from working with him. That's a really good one. I think that, that I, I certainly was guilty of that, you know, are you and I, well, Faisal, you as well. Um, you know, we've all been married before and, you know, and been in long-term relationships. And, and for me, when I got out of my marriage, like I was used to being in a marriage. And so when I would date, I would treat the relationship like right off, like, Oh, we're married, you know, kind of like the whole commitment and you need to sleep over and we need to share everything. And, um, and I think that's part of the whole going fast thing. Um, part of it is we're terrified that she's going to go away. So we're like, you know, come on, come on, come here. And we're trying to get her to commit to us as much as possible. But I think the other thing is we're also used to being into, especially guys that are starting over and have been married, divorced and starting over. We're used to being in a long-term relationship. And so we will treat a early relationship as if it is the long-term relationship. And that's when I got burnt. <laughs> that's exactly right. We'll, we'll make the same mistakes with that next person yeah. too. Yeah. It's yeah. our autopilot. I love that example. I really, I really like that example because uh, if you look at a lot of the nice guy syndrome is, you know, guys with attachment issues and um, what, what I call the emotional fracture, the thing that you'll notice is they're always love bombing and sex bombing. It's like intense straight away. And then the intensity, what happens is maybe about a few weeks later, it just all dies down. I mean, for some some months, it just completely dies down. And then they're actually witnessing what the actual relationship is without those chemical rushes. And and I think, you know, I'm guilty of it. I've done it before. You know, love bombing, sex bombing. It's like intense and fireworks. And then, you know, several weeks later, nothing. So what's your next one, Faisal? All right, this is yeah. big. Oh, yeah, we haven't had Chuck. Oh, we, oh, God, you neglected him, Ari. <laughs> <laughs> Faisal's my favorite. Um, <laughs> we should knew that. Chuck, go ahead. 
I, 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 I actually thought we had given Chuck a chance. <laughs> no, it's just I was talking so much that you guys thought I'd already gone. Um, so tussle intention is something that nice guys often get wrong. So women need tension in order to feel connected. And nice guys hate tension. So we will try to kill the tension as quickly as possible so that we can get comfortable. And when we do that, we inadvertently kill the attraction and the attachment. So if you think about women and again, big generalization here, but the shows that they watch, you know, the keeping up with the Kardashians, real housewives, bachelor, those kind of things, they're all really high drama, high tension TV shows, right? So there's something in the feminine that likes that. And part of it is her need to test for safety. And when I'm feeling this tension, I am going to feel this sense of like, I need to kill the tension. If we're not creating tension in the relationship, and, and Robert talks a lot about this in his positive emotional tension course, if we're not creating positive tension, she will create negative tension. And if she's creating negative tension and I try to kill the tension, then what's going to happen is I'm also killing the attraction and the attachment. So what I really need to do is to learn to lean into the tension and to do that by tussling. So I have a dog and um, he's a little chihuahua and he loves to play tug of war. You know, if I have something in my hand, he'll come over and he'll start grabbing on it. And, and he's pulling and he's pulling and he's pulling. And he doesn't really want the thing that I have in my hand. What he wants is that tussle. If I let go of that, thing that I have, he'll just kind of sit there and it was kind of like, you know, and he's, he's trying to get me to play. And that's what the feminine does. Um, you know, Robert Glover said that, that, uh, children and animals are oftentimes have a lot of feminine energy to them. So this idea of, of my pup coming up to me and he's like, Hey, play, play. And I, so I, you know, we, we do this tug of war. He's having a great time. He's feeling you know, that sense of, uh, connection with me. But as soon as I let go of that, you know, he's like, Oh, Chuck, come play with me. You know? <laughs> so it's the same thing. It's the same thing. So instead so Chuck, of seeing these how, things, how would yeah. you do that? on? How would you do that on a date? How would you create that tussle? I think it's kind of, you know, so you should take your dog so, for a date. You, take your dog on a date. That's so cute. Can I, I usually bring that? a rope. I usually bring a rope and I'm like, here, take this. And, and you know, um, I usually wait, wait on the ropes. <laughs> wait on the ropes. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Um, but no, I, I think what we, what we do is that moment you start to sense yourself sort of like going, Oh, I didn't like that. Instead to step into it and be playful with it. You know, um, that's something like I, and I, I do this with my wife still, you know, she'll say something to me. And it'll be like just a little bit kind of a sarcastic or, or, you know, even a little cutting. And instead of getting buttoned, I'll just be like, get over here. I'm going to, I'm going to slap you on the ass for that. You know, it's like, come, come over here, bend over my life. Maybe you wouldn't do that on a first date, <laughs> but essentially it's just kind of like, instead of dropping into lower state, stay up in that higher state of playfulness and just be like, Oh yeah. And you're talking to me like that. Okay. You know, so just, it's, it's really more of a 
leaning into the tension and being playful, that's what tussle is. You know, when the, when my dog, when I'm playing with my dog, we're tussling, right? It's not a real fight. None of us, neither one of us is angry with each other, but we're playing. So maybe play fighting is kind of that thing. Yeah. It's that, it's, that, it's, that, it's that teasing, isn't it? You know, it's teasing. teasing yeah. Just, yeah, it's a, it's a playful, the teasing, and you and that teasing kind of builds up the the tension because sometimes you're teasing. They don't always know mm-hmm. if it's like, what's the hidden meaning behind it? So, for example, I, I would say some of the things that really does build up tension, and you're so correct, uh, that tension is so vital for chemistry. Without tension, you know, it's like, um, uh, it's like having food. Right, if you've got bland food, no salt, no no herbs, nothing in it, it's like that's what nice guys are, you know. The bad boys, the guys that you know, women really get excited about. They're like chocolate, you know. They got full, rich, smooth, flavorsome, and that's what dates really uh, lack. One of the great ways to build tension is boundaries, and. This is something a lot of guys think, you know, oh, you know, because I've gone through the pickup route, I've got to do, you know, always a teasing, all, all of these, what I call superficial stuff. Yeah. But when you have boundaries and principles and they're activated and you enforce them, one, women hardly ever come across men who have really strict boundaries and principles, right? So it's like a shock to them. And they're thinking, wow, this is not only attractive, but it makes me feel safe and it makes me feel like, you know, really seen here. So for example, I have a, uh, a 10 PM boundary. If I'm talking uh, to a girl, so, and then it's getting, you know, we are getting heated on the text messages. I would just say to her, look, listen, uh, we need to call this off now. It's uh, 10 PM. My rule is no phone after 10 PM. And she's like, Oh, come on. You know, she's, she's, doing everything she can to keep me on the phone, to keep that momentum going. But most guys will cave in and say, oh, okay, uh, you know, and we'll just carry on with, with the, the texting because it's hot and they're getting the sexual needs kind of met there. But when you say, no, 10 p.m. is 10 p.m., again, she wouldn't come across a lot of guys who will stick to that. And then she... I've had women who got really angry with that. And she's like, oh, you're so controlling. You're so fussy about this. But I'm saying, hey, this is my health. This is my. This is where I keep my welfare in order, and this is non-negotiable. And I, you cannot use sex to manipulate me or cave me on this one. So boundaries is a great way to build that tussle. Such great advice. Yeah. What's another one, Faisal? What's What's next on your list? All right. So the next one on my list is lack of experience. So we can learn so many principles about attraction, dating, intimacy, sex. But if you've got no experience under your belt, then you are really going to struggle. And this is what a lot of guys are hoping is if I watch endless YouTube videos, if I watch a lot of, if I get going a lot of courses, I read books and, you know, get a lot of training, I can compensate for that by, you know, not having experience, which is not true. All you've done is you've loaded your data up and you've got no experience. That's like someone saying, you know what, I'm going to fly a plane. Yeah. All on YouTube. I'm going to learn everything. Would you go on that plane? If the pilot said, I've just had all my experience on YouTube and read books. Of course you wouldn't. You wouldn't, you wouldn't go to a doctor who says, I've never performed surgery. I did it all online. 
and here I am, <laughs> right? So just like any sports athlete, you wouldn't go and become a swimmer if you've never, ever dipped your foot into the water. I think you get my point. So lack of experience is where a lot of guys uh, fall short. And what happens is, and here's something I've noticed. Men who have lack of experience have lack of options. And when they have lack of options, they become desperate. And when they become desperate, they will settle. And they'll settle with anybody with uh, problems. And they'll overlook the red flags. And when they overlook the red flags, they're going to get into dysfunction relationships. And then this cycle, this loop will just get worse and worse and worse. See, I told you I can't get uh, girls. I told you I'm very horrible at meeting women. I told you I'm not funny enough. I'm not charismatic enough. I'm not confident enough. The problem is you cannot become confident. You cannot become confident until you've got experience. And you've got to make a lot of mistakes. And this is my, the first point I was making about is perfectionism. You cannot start perfecting your craft, getting good at your craft without experience. So get experience, get out there. It's, you're bringing up so many great points there. I mean, most people probably don't view dating as a skill set that they need to master. I, I, I don't think so. But it, it's really just a whole range of, of skills, and it's things that you have to develop, like inner, inner strength. That's what you're talking Correct. about. Yeah. Um, and, and you're totally right, because th these are crucial to actually, if you want to you know, find a long-term partner, you need to develop these skills in order to, to make the right choice. Or even, Absolutely. You, even be in the position to get a great, great mate. So th these Absolutely. are un underrated skills. We need volume. We need, a lot of guys need volume and experience, and they lack that. From volume, from, from the experience comes, you know, quality. So you've got to go through a lot of quantity. A lot of guys going about maybe, ask, like on average, average clients that I speak to are going about four or five conscious dates i don't mean just there, there are a lot of guys that i have coached guys who've been who've slept around a lot been on a lot of dates but they did it unconsciously they just did it automatically they didn't think about what they were doing and what they you know what results they were getting and you know reflected afterwards so usually guys experience about four or five dates a year which is abysmal this is this is dangerous what should they be aiming for Ideally, you want to have at least one date a week, minimum. So what I did was after my divorce, as I, I was hopeless in the, the self-confidence around social situations and women. So what I did was I made a commitment to myself for two years, for two years, four times a week, three to four times a week, I would go out and interact with people. I'd go to, you know, go to meetups, go to networking events, seminars, whatever I could find. It wasn't the lack of resources. It was a lack of resourcefulness. So a lot of guys lack this. So there's plenty of events out there. You just have to Google them. Just go on the internet and you'll find them. Go to parties. Go to so many charity events, galleries, openings. And there's, there's so many places you can go to. So a minimum of one or two, one day a week is minimum, I would say, to get really competent. So you start so you stop making the mistakes that you made in the past and, you know, social events, go out two, three times a week. So I, I want to get Chuck in here, but yeah. I, I think, you know, approaching dating as an athlete is what we're getting at. Train like an athlete. 
and you'll have mm -hmm. superior results. Chuck, <laughs> what do you have for us? Yeah, um, I totally agree. In fact, when I'm working with a guy, you know, guys will come and they'll say, I want to get into a relationship. I want a girlfriend. And I'm like, you need to get good at talking to women first. You don't even know how to ask somebody out on a date, like get dates and I'll have them put, you know, for the first couple of months, we're not even think about a relationship. I just want you to go out and date and date and date. And uh, whether that's finding dates on apps or finding dates, you know, more organically out in the world, but go for the ask, you know, early on, a lot of guys will, you know, they'll be on an app and they'll like, you know, go in this sort of back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I think it's like, just, you know, if, if it, if it feels like there's a little chemistry in there, just say, Hey, let's go grab a cup of coffee. You know, that is going to give you more practice going out for that cup of coffee than texting back and forth for, you know, endless hours is going to get you. So I will often tell guys like it's, it's practice. There's a beautiful scene in the, I think it's Batman begins where he's in, um, you know, uh, Bruce Wayne is in this Asian prison and there's this big guy and he's like, it, he's like, I'm the devil. And, and, uh, Bruce Wayne goes, you're not the devil, you're practice. And it's kind of like approaching it like that. Like this women are coming. I'm your wife. You're not my wife. You're practice. You know, just kind of bringing that, that idea of like, I need to get a lot of practice in on this. So, you know, if you want to date beautiful women, great. Date a lot of beautiful women. But so many of us will, will date one woman. And because she meets the criteria of A, she's pretty. B, she'll sleep with me. Therefore, this must be the relationship of a lifetime. And that's the, I think that's the problem a lot of nice guys fall into is they get that idea of, of like, okay, I've got the girl. I just got keeper rather than just getting really, really good at, at dating and approaching and talking. Well, it's always about, you know, like the end result as opposed to enjoying uh, the experience of dating. You know, that's, that's something that, that I've worked on is actually just try to appreciate each date as, mm -hmm. as something in itself, be, be feel gratitude that uh, a pretty woman wanted to spend spend some time with me and and not expect more than that. Um, it might it might lead to more. It might not. Um, but I, I'm going to treat it as a learning experience and, and something valuable in itself. That's a really good point, uh, Ari just made there because a lot of guys think you know I have to get the perfect person in front of me before I go on a date. And what they do is they miss out on some really crucial dates. They miss out on some really crucial ex uh, experiences. So, you know, I would say to guys, look, just go out, date, and then get the experience. Because when you do find that someone that you really want to invest more time with, you've done all the hard work. You've built the muscle. You've done the training work. And real quickly, along with that, one of the things I did was I dated women who I wouldn't typically date, okay, because you know, whether it's someone who's maybe not your type or, you know, different culture or something like that, but there's a lot less attachment when you, when you, when you're focusing on practicing dating, you know, okay, I don't have to go after the super hot girl, you know, I'm just going to go out with this girl 
and have a conversation with her and practice my skills of having conversation and dating. I think that also sort of like levels the field. So you're not quite as um, anxious. Yeah. I got one more. So mine is nice guys don't have a full life outside of dating, you know? So why, why is that something important is that, that's part of what's going to attract people to you is that you have a full life. You know, Dr. Glover always talks about baking your cake and that the woman will be the icing on the cake, um, as opposed to the woman being your cake. So if, if, uh, if you don't have other stuff going on in your life, other friendships, other relationships, uh, a career you're passionate about hobbies, um, what is a woman going to be attracted to about you? And and are you going to approach that woman in a needier way? Because she's going to be your everything. She's going to be the one thing that you focus on. So I think th- this is a, a mistake that I made um, after I split from my ex-wife was, you know, I, I went right into dating because I, I was hurting and, and that was something that felt good. And I, I don't have any regret about that, but I didn't think after we split like, Oh, you know what? I, I really need to go find more male friends. Like that's, what's been missing <laughs> in my life. When in yeah. fact it, it was missing in my life. Um, and like, I need to develop other hobbies or I, I need to really think about what I want to be doing in, in my work life, which, which also wasn't feeling good. No, I just chose to focus on dating and women because that's what felt good at the time. Uh, when in fact, building all those other parts of my life make me more attractive to women. So I think that this is a key point for nice guys. Uh, can you guys relate to that? Absolutely. You know, I always tell guys, you know, if you guys are like, if you want a unicorn, you got to be a unicorn. If you want an interesting woman, you got to be interesting. And that like attracts like, and if you are going to, um, have a full life, then the beautiful thing is like, you know, the, like, like you said, the woman is icing on the cake. You know, what Ari? what did you do to kind of create more of an interesting life for yourself? Or what are you doing? Um, I got involved in men's groups for one. I mean, it, it really just, it crystallized for me that, you know, I'm, I'm spending all this time focusing on getting dates or being, mm-hmm. you know, having a girlfriend. Uh, but I was, I was missing more friendships, like single men. Like I have some, some great male friends, but they're all married. So, you know, having those, those single guy friends that could relate to where I'm at in life uh, and I didn't have it. And so it just, it took some time for that to crystallize to me. Um, and just, yeah, be, being in men's groups and, uh, connecting with men, seeing that I, there were other things that I needed to learn, realizing, you know, I, I don't really have a lot of hobbies aside from going to the gym. You know, what, what else do I, what else do I like? Uh, questions that can feel uncomfortable, but n- now I ask them more and more. Uh, and, and I, I value myself enough to make sure I pay attention to these other aspects of my life. 
you know, that's the growth that I've had. I'm not, I'm not letting dating be the main focus. It is an important focus, but it's, it's not necessarily the focus anymore. I love, I love, um, your points about, you know, having a full and richer life because, you know, I felt like this when I, when I came out the relationship, when I came out the divorce, I was thinking, well, well, there, there was nothing, there was no substance to my life. And I gave everything to the relationship. It was all about the relationship. It was all about the kids. And there was nothing about me, Faisal, you know, what, you know, what built me, what, or what did I want to enrich my life with? So I, I, you know, a lot of guys did like, there's a quietness, there's an echo of like emptiness. And then they realize they've not kept in touch with, with their friends. They, don't, they have a very poor or no social circle. They find themselves really lonely, no great male bond friends that they have, and a really poor so, you know, social circle life. And women notice this because they see that if a guy's got nothing else going in his life, he'll leech onto me. He'll leech onto my friendships, my network, my hobbies, my style. And that, what I notice is that becomes quite suffocating because he's needy and he'll suffocate her. Because in moments of relationships, you know, we will need some time apart so we can do our own stuff. And when we do our own stuff, it gives us, it gives the relationship breathing space. It gives the relationship time. It gives us uh, space for attraction to grow. Attraction grows in space when we're with, with each other all the time. And I find myself doing this as well. We would spend all our time together, do everything as much as we can together. And that just created that place where there was no attraction anymore. And we were like more like roommates than we were actually like lovers. So I can really see the value in like creating your own life, doing things, you know, having your own adventures. And she gets excited about that. I hear a lot of moms say this there's a lot of moms i know uh you know through my network moms and dads i know i wish he would go out with his friends i wish he would have his own circle do something i wish he'd leave the house and do something and she feels like you know i want to go out see my friends but i feel guilty he just sits at home does nothing doesn't make the he doesn't take the initiative to go and create his friendship his social life chuck did you go through something similar uh, after my divorce, dating, yeah. jumping in. Oh yeah. Well, not 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 developing a, a full life. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I think uh, I had. Well, my my life was my family and my wife and my daughter and you know my job, my career, and all that. And when that went away, suddenly it felt like my life went away, and. I thought the answer was, well, what I need then is to reconstruct that quickly, as quickly as possible. You know, so first woman that showed me any kind of attention, I jumped into a relationship with her and it ended up being, a, you know, a, a hurtful experience all the way around instead of like working on myself and developing myself, my I felt like the, that she had gotten, the woman had gone away. And therefore what I needed to do was replace that part of me as soon as possible, rather than creating my own life. That's independent of the, the woman, you know? And so that 
in some ways it's, it's kind of like, you know, fireproofing yourself, you know, that mm. you can, if you're working on yourself and you're developing yourself in your own interest and you have all of these things that you like and love, besides being an interesting person and a well-rounded person, you know, you've got this great life and it's not dependent on anybody, but you. And when you make your life dependent and your happiness and your, you know, sense of fulfillment dependent on somebody else, you're always going to run the risk of getting burned because you haven't fireproofed yourself. Fireproof yourself. Yes. Fireproof sounds like yourself, a man. Burn, baby. Burn. burn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go see the fireman. Let's not go down that way. (laughs) (laughs) I can see where this is going, right? I can see Uh, all the jokes that are going to come out of this. All right. So we've got to wrap up for today, but some of the take home points. Still haven't done mine. Yeah. You you forgot Chuck's number. Did I screw it up again? Again, man. I'm starting to love it. start to feel a little yeah yeah so my my number two is 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 like (laughs) the vibe that you're putting out right that like if you're putting out low vibrations if you're putting out low vibes you're not going to be attractive a lot of nice guys sit in fear and apathy and sadness and butt hurt and those are really low vibration points when you're in a state of being a victim, you're not going to be attractive. Because I everything mean, think about it. If you've ever been with somebody who's in the state of a victim state, you want to hang out with them? No, you want to get away from that as soon as possible. And so we do have energetic states that are emotional states. And, and the higher our emotional state, the higher vibration. And the higher vibration, the more the attraction that's going to come our way. And... So to be able to stay in a higher vibration of things like peace and love and acceptance and courage and your values, when you're sitting in those places, then you're going to have a lot more attraction because you're putting out this higher vibration. I mean, you know, like you, you've met people where you walk into a room and you just feel this sense about them, like that they're peaceful and, and you just, you want to, you want to hang out with them. And, and we can do the same thing within ourselves, but we have to like consciously bring ourselves up to that higher state. Because if I'm in the lower state, that lower part of just, you know, being apathetic and playing the victim, I, I am the only person who can get me out of that. This morning I woke up and I was just like, oh, it's Monday. I don't want to do anything. I'm feeling kind of low. I'm feeling a bit uh, just kind of shitty from the previous week. And and I sat there in my bed and I'm like, you know, oh, fuck this, Chuck. You got you to gotta get up and bring the energy up. You're the only one on the planet that's going to be able to do that for yourself. So get up, took a shower, did some meditation before we got on this call here, doing the things that I needed to do to bring myself up from this lower place of victim into a higher state of 
peace and love and generosity and kindness and all that. So that's what I would say is if you really want to change your life and the way in your attractiveness, you have to bring that energy level with up inside yourself to that higher state and put off those good vibes. I love that check. There's one word for that that encompasses everything you just said. Charisma. Charisma. I knew you were Charisma. That's <laughs> magnetism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But charisma is one of those things where you, and, and I love that you coach on this because a lot of guys, you feel it with somebody else, but how do you get that? Right. Mm. And the way that you get that is you practice staying in a higher vibrational state. Maybe that should be the next podcast. Maybe one of our podcasts should be how to, you know, cultivate and grow and, you know, have that clean aura, the magnetism and Mm -hmm. the vibration as well. So that, there we go. We've got another good topic at some point. Yeah. I like it too, because it it can sound woo woo to people, Yeah, but, but there really is something important there. And it's important that we cultivate this in ourselves. Uh, But, but it's not just a formula. That, no. that nice guys can follow in a book. Uh, it's yeah. practices. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it does sound kind of woo woo sort of law of attraction and that kind of thing, but there's some validity to all of that as well is that, you know, you're going to attract into your life, the things that you put out there. So if you're, you know, sitting around watching TV and eating Cheetos and you're in this state of apathy, it's not like some woman, beautiful woman is going to all of a sudden, you know, knock on your door and want to come in and have this amazing relationship with you. You have to put out there what you want back. So that's, that's what I would, that's the advice I would give my younger self is bring in some chill vibes. Chuck, do you feel better now that, you know, you got the points and Ari's now <laughs> not going to ignore you anymore. <laughs> and that's just a bonus tip. Stand up for yourself. Yeah. Too right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, no, I'm and I'm not saying Ari did this by any, it was, it was on purpose, but like, like it's really easy for guys, you know, especially nice guys, but like, Oh, he didn't tell me. I'm just going to, we'll just pretend like, you know, yeah, like just be like, Hey, I'm here. No, thank you. Thank you for speaking up, Chuck. Up, Chuck. Because um, uh, I, uh, I was I was dealing with another nice guy issue when I when I realized I had done that. I was feeling ashamed, especially this was my first time leading. So I had to just calm myself and remember, like, I haven't done anything horrible. I wasn't trying to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was yeah. doing my best. Um, so we were both going through through something at the same time. And that's the beautiful thing about being in groups with guys and to be vulnerable and to be honest and to just like, because then, you know, there's, there's just this love that kind of comes out of it. Right. So I'm not feeling to clear things up. I'm not feeling any sort of resentment towards you. And, um, nor am I feeling like, you know, you screwed this up or anything like that. But those are the kind of the messages that we start to tell ourselves and we start to perceive that. And when we do that, guess what happens? We go into that lower vibration state. 
Thank you so much for, for saying that. I mean, this is like, this is the beauty of men's work, men's groups. We already, the three of us already have relationships that we've been building for a while. And that's why we can have these conversations Mm -hmm. and process stuff all in real time. In real time. For your, for your enjoyment, (laughs) the listener. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, we're going to wrap up today's show, unless I forgot somebody else <laughs> Faisal did you get your <laughs> that was beautiful <laughs> alright don't forget to like subscribe and hit that notification bell to stay updated on the latest episodes of the Nice Guy Show join us for our next exciting episode next week where we'll share more of the Nice Guy secrets thanks everybody thanks guys thanks guys You've been listening to The Nice Guy Show, the podcast that helps nice guys move past their insecurities and fears into the fullness of their masculine strength and confidence. Be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and check out the website niceguyshow.com for more information on how to connect with Chuck and Faisal. Until next time, keep living your best life.